with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 17. So I tell you this, insist on and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their heart. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Verse 23, I want you to underline this. To be made new in the attitudes of your minds. And to put on a new self, created to be like God, in true righteousness and holiness. Today we're going to talk to you about a new way of thinking. A new way of thinking. Father God, we pray that you would add a blessing to the reading of your word. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would come and that you would... Anoint, Lord, I know that your word is always anointed, but I pray, God, that your ears, the ears of your people would be uh, opened up so that they can hear what the Spirit of the Lord would say. I pray that your anointing would be upon your servant, Lord, as we try to deliver what you have put upon our hearts. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as you know, in 2010, we're asking God that this would be a year of miracles. Last Sunday, I shared with you about the children of Israel as they stood at the Red Sea with mountains on both sides and Pharaoh and his, and his armies right behind them. We discovered that God led them into that impossible situation. They were not there by chance. They were not there by mistake. They were not there because they had not heard from God or had heard wrong. They were there by the divine will of God. God led them into that impossible situation that he might receive glory, and that the Egyptians would know that there is a God. We discovered this. We discovered last week that impossible situations are fertile ground for miracles. That if you want to find a miracle, if you want to see a miracle take place, it's kind of like the storm chasers. You know, who, who go to certain parts of the country. They're waiting to see, you know, this hurricane. They're waiting to see this tornado. And if you want to see a miracle take place, the place to see a miracle is in those places that are impossible. That's fertile ground for miracles. On Wednesday evening, we talked about the disciples' fast. Remember the story when the disciples were not able to deliver the man's son. The man brought his son to, to the disciples and he asked him, please help my son. He has all of these problems and he was controlled by evil spirits. And the disciples were able to do nothing for him. Jesus they brought, brings the man to Jesus and Jesus cast the, the, the evil spirit that was controlling him, cast it out. And Jesus says that this kind comes out only through fasting and prayer. There are habitual sins and addictions and strongholds in people's lives that are going to be broken in 2010. 
because you have made a commitment already to fast and pray. There's some of your children. Now listen, it wasn't for the disciples. It was for other people that they were to fast. You, you see that principle? The, the, as they fasted, if Jesus said the only way you're going to get a breakthrough in this area, in some of these strongholds, in some of these places that, that seem to hold people captive, is through fasting and prayer. This man's son would not be set free through teaching. Teaching is a wonderful thing, and we need to be instructed, and we need to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord. But teaching him would not set him free. Reasoning. They could have sat down and reasoned with him, and, and that's a wonderful thing. And the scripture says, come, let us reason together. Okay? There, there's, there's something great about reasoning. But reasoning would not set this young man free. They could reason and talk with him all day long, and nothing would change. Thank God for godly counselors who are able to help us work through situations and help us to understand what is taking place in our lives and, and the, the, the dynamics that are at work um, in people's minds and emotions and, and, and to, to help people work through things. But I'm going to tell you something. There's some situations that as good and as gifted as a counselor is, they don't have the power to set people free. That counseling would not work with this man. Teaching, counseling, all of these things did not work with them. They're all great. But there are some breakthroughs that only comes when you and I seek the face of God and humble ourselves and fast and pray. I, I want to encourage you to be here at each service, Sunday and Wednesday, because I believe that the messages that we're going to be bringing are, are building one upon the other. Today we're going to talk about the miracle that takes place as God changes a person's thinking, as God changes a person's mind. I want you to listen again to what the Apostle Paul said. He says, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. He's not saying, hey guys, if you want to do this, here's a good idea. He's not saying, can I give you a little advice He's not saying, you know, if, if you get the chance, you may want to try this. He says, I'm telling you this, and I insist on it in the Lord. It's not Paul saying it. He says, I'm, I'm insisting on this in the Lord. This is from the Lord. That you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. What do you mean? In the futility of their thinking. This futility of their thinking has caused, he says, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. They're, they're separated from the life of God because of the ignorance. What does ignorance have to do with? It has to do with their mind. Okay? So many times we want to deal with people's actions. You know, we want to deal with people's behavior. And, and sometimes as, in the church, we've made the mistake of focusing upon people's behavior. And your behavior is important. But I'll tell you, what we need to understand is that, that whenever we deal with a person's mind, when we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to our minds and deal with our hearts, and, and whenever he begins to do that, that affects our behavior. When our, when our thinking is changed, we begin to be changed. Paul deals with the issue of the mind, the thoughts. Keep in mind that Paul is writing to the Christians in Ephesus. When we talk about spiritual warfare, we understand that 
that much of what we under, uh, understand about spiritual warfare is a lot of it comes from the book of Ephesians. Okay, it, it's they, they were a region that had a great, a very high degree of spiritual activity because in Ephesus they had they had um, temples built that were to to, to worship of, of Diana and, and all of these ungodly. Uh, demonic forces were at work in their area, okay? The, all of this idolatry. And so, um, there are in this, so there's a great deal of spiritual warfare there. Three phrases that, that the Apostle Paul uses to describe the Gentiles' thinking. And when it talks about the Gentiles' thinking, the Ephesians were Gentiles, okay? They were Gentiles. When he talks about them, what he's talking is about your old way of life. How you used to think. How you used to, you know, allow your mind to work. Whenever Christ comes into our lives, he wants to change not only our behavior, he wants to change our thinking. He not only wants to change our status between us and God, he wants to change our, our minds. He talks about three phrases that he uses to describe the Gentiles' thinking. He says the futility of their thinking. Another phrase that he uses is darkened, he says that they are darkened in their understanding. And he says about the ignorance that is in them. He insists that they no longer be like the Gentiles. Paul calls them to a different life. And if he's calling the Ephesians to a different life, then in Christ he's insisting that you and I live differently now than what we used to live. That we think differently. When he talks about the futility of their thinking, he talks about the uselessness of their thinking, the ineffectiveness of their minds in their thinking. He says that they've been darkened in their understanding. It carries with it the idea of darkening or blinding the mind. They cannot see clearly or accurately. They cannot see perhaps Perhaps they cannot see things in the spirit at all. And have you ever seen that before where, people's, where people are blinded spiritually? Where there's things that you're looking at them and I, as a pastor I can see it. I can say to them, listen, please don't go this way. Please don't allow this to happen because there is a lion waiting there to devour you. And, and they can't see it. No, it's right in front of you. Be careful. They can't see it. Why? Because their understanding, their, their mind has been darkened. Their eyes, they can't, they cannot possibly see because they're darkened in their understanding. And he goes on to say, um, the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Ignorant. There's a lacking of knowledge or, or they're unable to comprehend, an inability to comprehend. That's how Paul describes the thinking of the Gentiles or of sinful man. He then goes on to, to describe their behavior, and, and we're not going to focus upon that, but he reminds the church that that is not how we came to know Christ. That we have been taught differently. That the church, that the, that the, the church at Ephesus they were taught to put off the old self and to be made new in the attitudes of their mind. 
And that's what we're going to focus upon today. There's some people who are in need today of a miracle. But the miracle that, that needs to take place is for the Lord, the first place that that miracle takes place is in your mind and in my mind. God wants to make you new in the attitude of your mind. You know, some time ago I, I, I was sitting with a, a person. And this person was in, this person was in an extremely difficult situation. That whenever I looked at him and I saw the situation, I just, you just want to cry. Because once again, there's some, there's some blindness there. They can't see what this is going to lead to in the future. You know, one of the funny things is as a pastor is, is that there's times that God gives us spiritual insight as leaders, as a parent. Or sometimes just as a believer, you know, as a part of the body of Christ. There's times that we can look at situations and circumstances and people, and we can look at their, their situation, and we can say, wow, it's, it's dangerous ahead for them. They, they need to watch this situation. They need to be careful. There's, there's some danger that waits ahead. And as I sat with this person, and, and I talked with them about the, the things that were, were, were going on in their life, um, and, it, you know, it was almost like ahead of them is, is a number of choices, you know? All of it could be solved. All of it. The, the, the situation is difficult, but all of it could be solved. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and just, I just know he spoke to me. All of this can be solved if this person will simply allow God to change their mind. Now listen to me. Either a future of great blessing, favor, God's goodness, you know, God using them, a, a great opportunity in the future, or a future of heartache and despair and hopelessness and pain and sorrow, not only for them, but for their, for their, their family, you know, for their parents, uh, for their, you know, for everybody involved. It all could be changed if this, and because as I listened to the person talk, I realized that they were believing lies. The enemy had blinded them. Everything. There was, and, and I sat there and I just thought, wow, there's nothing that we couldn't fix in this situation that feels to this person so utterly hopeless that I don't even want to keep going on. So utterly hopeless. I don't even, I don't even know. I don't even want to keep going on. There's not one thing that could not be fixed if the person would simply allow God to change their mind. That's all. We didn't have to go in and spend a million dollars to fix anything. Okay? We didn't have to change around all kinds of circumstances. We were at a point in this person's life where the only thing that we needed to change is their mind. That's all. There wasn't anything that had been created that could not be fixed. There wasn't any circumstance that they, were, that they were up against that could not be solved in an, in an instant. Listen to me. In an instant, if they would simply allow God to change their mind. The scripture tells us this, that 
As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. They believed lies from the enemy about themselves. So they were feeling hopeless. They believed lies uh, from the enemy. And, and here again, there was, I, I want to make sure I, I make this so perfectly clear. There was nothing. Nothing. The only thing that was keeping them from experiencing the goodness and the blessing of the Lord, from really having pretty much what anything that they wanted in life, was this one thing right here. The way they thought in their, in their mind. And there's, there's the battleground where the enemy makes war against us. He begins to try to fill our minds with lies. He tries to fill our minds with fears. He tries to fill our mind with accusations against God. He tries to tell us that, that, you know, that nothing good is ever going to happen in our lives. He tries to tell us that there's, there's no hope for you. You know, nothing is ever going to change. He fills our minds with, and I bet you if we go around this room, there's a lot of you who can identify with that. And you could say, you know what? If, if I could just allow God to change my mind, just the way that I think, the way that I view things, if I could have the mind of Christ. See, because when, for, for, for us, whenever our thinking is wrong, what does that lead to? It leads to wrong attitudes of our heart. And before long, the wrong attitudes of our heart lead to wrong actions, which then end up, you know, catching us in a, in a snare from the enemy. And before long, we become in bondage, you know. And this person was not at that point. They were at a point, they were at a point in their life that all that had to change, the, all that had to change was their thinking. And you, but you know what? If the enemy can keep us, if he can keep our minds in, filled with things like fear, if he can keep our minds believing lies, if he can keep us doubting God's word, if he can keep us from just enjoying the blessings that God, you know, from, from God's peace in our lives, then what do we do? Then we go out and we try to find those things somewhere else. We try to satisfy those, those desires somewhere else. Everything, the scripture tells us in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6. It says, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on one that sinful nature desires. But that's not who we are. That's not who you and I were created to be. We've been set free. So where are our minds set upon? He says, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death. But listen, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It doesn't submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature can't please God. Let's focus upon, let's focus upon the positive here. Those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set upon what the Spirit desires. The mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. So many times we focus upon the negative. You want life and peace? Let the Spirit control your mind. You want life and peace? Yield your members, yield your mind, yield your thoughts to the will of God, to the word of God. 
Romans chapter 12, verse 2, tells us this. It says, don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You want to know how to be able to test and improve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will? Well, then allow God to renew your mind. How do we renew our minds? We renew our minds through the Word of God. And there are some people who who focus upon their wrong behavior and wonder why it doesn't change. Well, let me tell you this. As you allow the Lord to renew your mind, your behavior will change. There's some people they focus upon, they go to God and they pray again and again and again. Lord, you know, I'm, I, I'm a dog. You know how bad I am. You know, I messed up again. I'm going to tell you something. That doesn't work. It doesn't work. You just keep beating yourself up. You keep allow, listening to the lies of the enemy. We allow the Lord to renew our minds. There are some relationships that are going to be changed as you allow the Lord to renew your mind. Listen to me. Your behavior is going to change as you allow God to renew your mind. You say, Pastor, you know, I got these, I got these things in my life that I just kind of keep messing up on. They just frustrate me. Let God renew your mind. There's some relationships, and I want you to hear this clearly. There are relationships that are going to be radically transformed. Oh, you mean this is for my spouse? Oh, I'm glad that he came today. You know, I'm glad she came today because I've been wanting God to fix them. No, God's going to fix, God's going to renew our minds. And as he renews our our minds, you know what's going to happen? Those relationships that we have are going to be transformed. Why? Because God changes our minds. He changes the way that we think. He, He makes us new in the attitudes of our hearts. Some people have listened to and believed a lie for so long that they've accepted it as the truth. But that's going to change because God's about to renew your mind. Hear that. Our our focus today is not upon uh, uh, all the work of the sinful nature. We know what the sinful nature does. We know the, the problems with that. But we also know that life and peace come to those who allow God to to focus their mind upon him, to give the mind of Christ. And that's what God wants to do for us today. Hebrews tells us this. How how does God renew our minds? Well, one of the ways that he does that is he does that through his word. But you know what else I believe? I believe that God does that. I believe that there's times that as as we fast and pray, that there's times that God gives us a, 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 a spiritual, like, breakthrough. And we begin to see. He gives us those opportunities where we begin to see. That's it. If, my, if, I can, if I can allow the Lord to change my thinking, this relationship problem that I'm having, it's not all her fault. It's not all his fault. It's the way I've been thinking about this. Because the reality of it is, is my, selfish, my, my thinking has been selfish. It's been carnal. It's been earthly. My thinking has been influenced by the world around me and all of the outside pressures of what the world says, instead of allowing God to renew my mind every day. Listen to what it says, Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges 
thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Will you give God the opportunity today to change your mind? Some of you have said, I can't be happy unless I get. We let God change your mind. Some of you say, I can't do this. We let God change your mind. You know, some of you have, 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 you know, there's all kinds of, you've believed lies from the enemy. And all it's going to lead to is frustration and discouragement and years of walking around in circles. But I want to show you a better way. I want to show you, I want to show you a place. I want to show you a way. Will you let me, will you let the Lord today, will you let him show you his way? Will you let him show you his peace? Will you allow him to speak to your mind? See, that may be the biggest miracle that, that we see all year long. Some of our minds, we, we've, we got it made up pretty good. And we're pretty set. And, but I just believe today that God wants to change somebody's mind. For this person who I was talking about, their whole life, it's so easy to stand back and see it. Everything, their whole destiny would be changed if they would simply allow God to show them the truth and they would quit believing lies. If they would quit believing lies and quit believing the accusations of the enemy, I mean, they could have a great life. They had so many things going for them. See, if I knew I was wrong, I wouldn't keep doing it. If I knew my thinking was wrong, I wouldn't keep thinking that way. If I knew my attitude was wrong, I wouldn't keep doing that most of the time. But there's times where I don't even recognize that, wow, I'm not thinking right. I'm not thinking clearly. My, I'm blinded in some of that. My thinking is distorted in some way. And, and God wants to, God wants us to, to bring some freedom into people's lives. And when he does it in your mind, it's going to express itself through the rest of your life. Father God, I pray today. I thank you for what you've put upon my heart. I ask today, Lord, that as we present ourselves before you, I ask, Father, that you would make us new in the attitude of our minds, in the attitude of our hearts. I pray, God, that we would have the mind of Christ. I pray that we wouldn't be in a place where our hearts have become hard. I pray that we wouldn't be in a place where our understanding is darkened and in a place where I'm separated from the life of God. I pray that my thinking would not be futile, useless. I pray I wouldn't be in a place where I've lost all sensitivity, Lord, and where I've given myself over to impure things. I pray I wouldn't be deceived by the desires of the flesh. But God, I pray that you'd make me new in the attitude of my mind. I pray, God, in Jesus' name, that we'd be able to put on the new self that's created to be like God in true righteousness and in holiness. Now, Lord, we ask that today that you would accomplish your work, begin that work within us today. And we pray this in Jesus' name.